0: Hey everyone, this is Marcus Stewart, uh, popping in to record a quick message before this episode begins. Uh, Just wanted to point out that uh, in case you're not aware or haven't heard the news, um, John Carson, my co-host, is no longer with Game Informer. He was uh, unfortunately laid off, part of the big GameStop layoffs that happened uh, actually a few days before we recorded uh, this episode of Video Gamography. Uh, so you know going forward he uh, will no longer be part of the show obviously and as for the future of the show i'm still figuring that out I, i'm not sh- sure what to do with it to be frank uh so that'll be a process but uh we do have this episode finished as well as uh one more episode which is actually uh dmc devil may cry we recorded dmc don't make cry before we even did don't make cry four or five, just because of, of scheduling with our, our guests for that episode. Uh, so those two episodes you'll be getting for sure. I don't know if I'll be able to do Devil May Cry four or five yet. I'm trying to figure some stuff out. And then so whether or not it happens, I, I will let you know. And as for the podcasts beyond uh, this season, I, I also don't know. It's been a a bit of a, uh, a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, professionally and personally, the last week because of this, and also I've been uh battling COVID as well right after this, so that has uh put a hamper to my ability to uh do much of anything in terms of uh planning, just because my brain is uh foggy from the the rona, as the kids like to call it. Um, but you know, wanted to record this message to uh, you know, I've said this in other places, but to reiterate how awesome. John has been on this show. It sounds like you guys have enjoyed him as well. He's been a fantastic partner and and co-host and, and friend as well. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like he's dead because he's not, He's not obviously. But, you know, I just want to give him his flowers because he's, he did awesome work on the show. And he came on, uh, you know, after Ben leaving. And, you know, he was actually the first person I came that popped in my mind immediately for who I wanted to do the show with because I've always thought him and I had awesome chemistry and I've been wanting to work on something with some uh, work on something with him for a while. So I'm recording this uh, still COVIDy, So excuse me if I am a little uh, incoherent and rambly, but just letting you know, uh, just, you know, send him some uh, love on Twitter. He's at John underscore Carson. Uh, you know, if you have any job opportunities, anything like that, please send them his way because it was uh, frankly unfair what happened to him and you know we're i figure we'll use these last couple episodes with him to you know appreciate his work and enjoy what he brought to the show uh for the last couple times and i hope you guys uh enjoy this episode uh talking about devil may cry three so without further ado enjoy the episode there video gameography heads i don't know what to call you people but welcome to a new episode of video gameography game informers number one video game history podcast where we laugh and we learn my name is marcus stewart john carson making a weird face at my attempt to label our our listeners
1: i mean would, wouldn't it just be video gameographers
0: yeah, this is why you're on you're the co-host cuz you're, you're smarter than me no. most of the
1: time. <laughs> no, <And> that's <laughs> not even true. Uh but I I think we still need to hash this out. If anybody has any ideas, let us know uh in the Discord or send uh an email to podcast@gamefarmer.com. Yeah, video
0: game I don't know. You guys let us know.
1: <laughs> they but, have to pay uh, their video game
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are in episode 3 of season six and we are here with the a big one the biggest one perhaps we have been talking about the devil may cry series we talked about devil may cry one we begrudgingly mm. talked about devil may cry two we sure now we're out of the woods on that we're getting back to the good stuff we're returning to greatness talking about devil may cry three colon dante's awakening and here to join us on this awakening of of the Devil May Cry series, a reawakening really, is one Wesley Bates, host of the Great Game Debate podcast. How are you doing, sir? Hey, this party's getting crazy.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. um Very appreciated. Uh, very appreciate. Blah, blah. Wow. This this is starting off really well. Um, I appreciate uh, very much my... you guys having me here. And uh, if I could put my uh you know flag in the ground uh video game file, maybe okay it'd be okay. something i like it use. yeah I, I don't know it, well, that's just an option we'll hash it out and uh just real <laughs>
0: quick let it if you want to give everyone just a uh a quick synopsis of the great game debate it's a really cool podcast i've been a part of it uh so like you know in case for our listeners that aren't familiar with the show can you give us a rundown on, on what it is you do and why they should listen
2: Sure, yeah. So um, we started the Great Game Debate podcast uh, almost two years ago, kind of in the uh, the great video game podcast boom. It seemed like there were podcasts going up left and right at the time. Uh, we were a, a part of that, and uh, we're still running strong. Um, and um, we have tried to do something a little bit different with our show. Um, we're not really focused on, you know, industry news. We don't talk about uh, a lot about... Um, Like reviews, we have a little bit of a different take on what you've been playing, Um, but we kind of lean into this idea of debating about video games and we have these um, kind of mostly silly short form debates about random video game topics. So um, we had uh, the privilege of having Marcus on the show and Marcus um, like took me to town um, debating about Mortal Kombat fatalities. Right. And so we kind of like went head to head and like he brought three fatalities to the show and I brought three fatalities to the show. And we were trying to talk to see like which of these fatalities is better, you know, and, and uh, Marcus ended up uh, we always let our community kind of like take a vote and like see who they think, uh, you know, won the debate. And in that case, Marcus uh, really took me to task and uh, trounced me pretty hard. But uh, it's always just for fun. You know, it's it's never. um you know like nobody's really like seriously trashing any games it's always just for fun. we actually recently had um jesse vitelli friend of the show oh, yeah. uh, on our latest episode and he and i were uh debating about persona 5 confidants um we've debated about like mario kart tracks and um we just have like random um things we throw up against each other i think when alex Stadnick came on the show um, he was debating for the Mass Effect trilogy and we just randomly threw it up against the Dark Souls trilogy for no reason at all, you know, <laughs> and so it gets pretty crazy. Um, the and, classic uh, we battle. Try to, exactly. We we just try to keep it light and jolly and uh, have a good time. And we do game trivia. We play um, trivia games and um, do other uh, fun things, odds and ends on the show. And uh, it's usually a good time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a awesome show, guys. You should check it out. Like I said, I, I enjoyed uh, being on it, and you guys do awesome work. What What is the best Mortal Kombat fatality? Well, I'm trying to remember what I picked. We're
1: We're gonna have to have this uh, rehashed yeah, again. Yeah, I want to uh, hear this. I'm I'm a huge <laughs> Mortal Kombat fan, so
0: I think one yeah. of them I picked was uh I I liked Cassie Cage's uh, selfie fatality.
2: Yeah, from that really you did. Good. The, yeah, you did the selfie one. You did the um the Sub-Zero Blackout, if I oh, remember yeah. correctly. yeah, you can't
0: see what he does in, like, MK3. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I, I think I picked, like, um, Reptile's Acid Pool, mm. and I picked um, uh, Fatality from, was it Noob Cybot that, um, like, grows gigantic and like just steps up. or no he doesn't okay. grow gigantic gigantic he was shrinks. it jacks
0: or no you picked no, up no, no, it was no. Ermac. He... it was Ermac. oh yeah
2: it was it was yeah, Ermac. No, we were talking you. about how ridiculous it was that Jax could like grow to the size of a giant and do that and it was <clears throat> it was uh nonsense so yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah all of
0: this is to say it is that you should go uh check out the great game debate podcast listen to that episode and listen to all the other episodes because it's a it's a good listen and we hope that today's episode will be a good listen as well because again we're talking about Devil May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening uh one of the best games ever made especially in the action genre and i think still considered the best Devil May Cry
1: game i john you made a face i
0: am intre- I'm interested oh in I, that. I don't know if it
1: was uh, no well we'll we'll talk about this uh in a in a little bit my my history of this but
0: oh yeah In fact, we'll talk about it uh, real soon because i yeah. want to this is the part of the show where we go around the horn, share our personal histories with the game, and Wes. Mm-hmm. Since you're our guest, uh, kick us off. What is your uh, your personal history with Devil May Cry three? What do you think of it? Let us know.
2: Okay, yeah. So this is actually my favorite Devil May Cry game, and um, holds a, a special place in my heart. Um, I, I, I kind of like to think of it as uh, the game where Dante got his groove back. Um, um, it's been fun, a fun listen. To uh hear you guys talk about the series so far, especially the last episode, um, Double May Cry 2, because that is, in my opinion, it's like my personal, like most disappointing game that I've ever played in my life. Oh, um no. I, I I came off of Double May Cry one so, so high on that. And um I was in college, I was making my own money, and I was, you know, finally able to like buy video games which I couldn't do as a kid because I didn't have any money. And so one of the first games I ever pre-ordered was Devil May Cry 2. And boy, what a letdown that thing was for (laughs) me. Um, So coming into Devil May Cry 3 at that point, I had graduated college. I um, had my first job. I was living on my own. Um, And I had a friend um, that I think recently um, like brought me over to show off Resident Evil 4. Um, And he was like, oh, check out Resident Evil 4. It's, it's so great. And I'm like, yeah, this does look great. Um, I don't have a GameCube, so what am I going to play? Like what Capcom awesome game am I going to play? And I had been keeping my eye out for Devil May Cry 3. I'd seen some videos. It looked like it was kind of like trying to bring it back into, you know, its proper form. And boy, it just hit on all notes for me when I picked that thing up. And um, I got it day one. Played through it in, I think, like a weekend and just had an absolute blast with it. And then I found out later that the special edition was coming out where you could play as Virgil and that was even better. And so I got that immediately and went through it a second time. And I just absolutely love that game. It's uh, just one of those like when you're first out on your own and you're like getting things for yourself. That was like one of the first things that I got for myself. And um, so in that way, it really holds a special place in my heart. Awesome.
0: Beating Double Cry 3 in a weekend, that's pretty impressive for that is. how hard that game is. So, you
2: know. yeah, it was a long weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there might have been a hyperbolic time chamber involved. Who can say? Uh, John?
1: Yeah. Double Cry uh, 3. Mm hmm. Uh, I have played about two or three hours of Devil May Cry 3. Um, what? And yeah. Uh, so I'm one of those people where this game was too hard for me. Um, and I got to the first boss. I might have beat the first boss, which I think is Cerberus. Um, and kind of gave up there and never went back. So uh, you the, you beat Cerberus, right? Beat Cerberus, I think. <laughs> um I remember I remember being at Cerberus and like not seeing anything past that. But like everything about like the the combat system in this game was so cool to me, like having I mean they were only advertising like four different combat styles to begin with. So like, oh, like I w- I could specialize in gun stuff or sword stuff um or like be this quick uh like dodgy Dante um or like do counters and blocking with Royal guard stuff. All that was incredible to me. Um, And I wanted nothing more than to like. Dive in and just like tear through the game, but the game teared me apart. It (laughs) tore me apart uh, from from the get go. And yeah, I I hit a wall early on and never really got any further. I heard that the uh, the special edition kind of adjusted the difficulty level a bit. Yeah. and made it more possible for uh, scrubs like me to make it through that game, but I never went back, uh, unfortunately. So even to today, um, it's one of the biggest uh, <laughs> the biggest games on my pile of shame that I really should get through uh, eventually, but I just haven't.
0: I was going to ask, like, have you considered it like recently, or even doing, getting ready for this show I, as, I have... as it lit a fire?
1: Yeah, I have recently, but I feel like 5 is more so my my next devil may cry that I need to conquer since that is the newest one. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. I thought of, I thought about going back to three multiple times during this season so far, but I think I need to go to five before okay. I go to three, but that's me. I don't know. Yeah. How about, how about you? What's, what's, what's your history? Well this, I beat uh, the game. The I'm game. In the, oh, okay, the, good. Excellent. I'm in a
0: cool kids club, I guess. You are. Um, I did not <laughs> beat are. it in the weekend though. I it took me a little longer. So Wes is still the the king amongst us.
1: Both of you are giga Chads, I get it.
0: <laughs> I'm more like a I guess regular Chad, because I didn't yeah, beat sure. it as fast. Um, but yeah, you know, like you, Wes, you, you listened to last uh, episode. Uh Don't make Cry 2 hurt me. in in a way that few disappointing video games ever have (laughs) not
2: in a good way not in a good way
0: (laughs) and uh when this game was coming out you know i was reading all the 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 previews and like the game former stuff and was like okay like this looks like what i wanted last time but you know i was kind of guarded a bit you're like i don't want to be hurt again um but i remember buying this game and this was also around the time that i also started to work too so this is one of the very mm. first games that I ever bought with like my own money. And thankfully, it paid off. I adore the game. I remember, you know, like everyone being, I would say completely taken aback by how hard it was because don't cry one was a hard game. So it was really just like, mm-hmm. OK, we're back to kind of what we were, but this is harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the game kicked my butt, but i I loved it. And it was one of the first games I ever felt proud to finish. Because, like, I've, you know, I've played hard games growing up, but something about this one I was like, I can't believe it. I like I did it. Like, I would go tell my friends, like, I beat Devil May Cry 3. Like, it was a badge of
1: honor. <laughs> did you tell them it, you beat the Dark Souls of character action games?
0: I did. And they looked at me confused. They tilted like, their heads what? like the what? And I said, oh, sorry, uh, I,
1: I beat the King's Field of character action.
0: Yeah, well, I almost gave away that I was a time traveler. I had to really walk it back. Um, you <clears <really> <clears <throat> otherwise, you chill know, on that. who knows what would have happened? But yeah. I I love this game and you know it it, it like for a year because it came out the same year as God of War so for it me it was uh, like a, a few weeks before even. okay I didn't realize it was that close
1: yeah uh, I didn't either uh, wow yeah uh, so this came out February seventeenth two thousand five God of War came out on March twenty second wow so it's just like wow. a month apart Wild to think about it how, like at the time is like
0: because God of War is a new IP so who knew yeah. what that would become but.
1: Uh, Wow, that's And then this was also like a month after uh, Resident Evil 4. Is that correct? Like all three of those games were the first three months. I
2: remember it was like, like I mentioned, it was very, very close together. Bananas. It was
1: nutty.
0: What a one-two punch for Capcom specifically, though. Like two of the best games ever made (laughs) within a month of each other. Uh, And yeah, I think that's a good segue to kind of look back at 2005 uh, in review. It's funny because when I have my list of games, literally the first two are God of War and Resident Evil 4. So it's funny you brought those up. Mm -hmm. I think those were probably like my, like these two and DMC3 were probably my top three of that year. Uh, So fitting, but other big games that came out, Shadow of the Colossus, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, We got the first Psychonauts, uh, Burnout Revenge, the very first Guitar Hero. The, the birth oh, wow. of the phenomenon mm-hmm. uh we also got uh splinter cells k cha- uh splinter cell chaos theory which i think is the third game third I one. S- yeah okay. i say this Camp- as someone that's never played a splinter cell game pandora tomorrow's the second one so yeah gotcha uh star wars battlefront 2 the original one and i didn't realize that this series was as early as it was but the very first mortal or forza motorsport it was 2005. The Xbox I like, like
1: Morza Fortersport. Or or, more- <laughs> that's <laughs> I like, like the- you're the Swedish chef trying to trying Mor- to say Forza Motorsport.
0: Morza Sport. Mm. <laughs> He's going to be in the, the new one that's also just called Forza Mor- Motorsport. <laughs> Motorsport. Yeah. They should just call it that to differentiate the <laughs> Morza. Uh, children of Morza. Anyways. <laughs> children of Morza. <laughs> Leaving Game Pass soon. She's going to play it. <clears throat> In terms of movies, the big releases of the year, the Best Picture winner was *Crash*, which okay. yep,
1: mm-hmm. is maybe one movie. of the more
0: personally overrated films <laughs> to yeah. get Best Picture. I don't think I think it's a fine film, but I remember thinking like, I don't know about Best Picture.
2: I don't I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie. It's, it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not bad. It's, it's just fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, for our Star Wars heads, especially if you've recently finished Obi Wan Kenobi, this was the year that we got Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. They got their vengeance this year, finally after years of waiting. <laughs> it happened. Uh, Brokeback Mountain was this year. Sin City, Batman Begins, Memoirs of a Geisha, Lord of War, and uh, this is a uh, you know is that
1: Vigo in that in Lord of War. Or is that uh, Nick, Nicholas v- Cage? Oh, oh, Nicholas, I think. Yes. Oh, sorry.
0: I, this is my dumb brain. I thought you were referring to Vigo, like oh, the the Scourge of Carpathia. Yeah. <laughs> and not Vigo <laughs> more of the actor. You know, same I was
1: person. like,
0: wait, the actor that played Vigo in Ghostbusters 2 is in Lord of War?
1: <laughs> I've seen him in other things. I'm like, that's Vigo. That's, that's wild. I don't help. know if
0: I've ever seen him in anything else, but uh, I probably
1: have. Yeah. But
0: yeah uh peter jackson's king kong which we also got that game this year which i've actually played and finished uh gotta get awesome. those, those achievement points yeah and coming off the recent final fantasy 7 news uh final fantasy 7 advent children premiered this year uh but not, that wasn't in theaters right that was just
2: like a straight to dvd thing if i'm right uh, yeah. here it was straight to dvd i'm sure it was in theaters probably in japan yeah it was straight i remember me liking it <laughs> yeah i got a i got a i got an import copy i remember at i at some like a random import store in a mall and i was like sweet i'm gonna watch this thing oh, right yeah. now and then i was like okay well that was a movie it's all right can i, can I share
0: something with you guys even though I, maybe it's not as controversial but i'll say avon children is not a good movie <laughs>
1: yeah. well I, I mean how can it not be a good movie if it's now the basis of everything that's happening in the remake i guess so
0: i mean they saw something uh, it it's a fun a... movie
1: sure but it's a it's, it's a bad movie <laughs> it's very nonsensical it kind of just moves from set piece to set piece without a lot of great explanation
2: it was i like the action pieces in that movie yeah yeah I'll say that. that final
0: yeah. fight's fun uh mm-hmm. it was more for me it was the novelty of seeing those characters rendered to at that fidelity and yeah. fully voiced for the first time that was pretty much all i came for
2: Cloud's Fafnir motorcycle, it was pretty cool. Didn't they make that? You know? I think they oh, yeah. didn't
0: they make like a real version of that. They made all of that. <laughs> all of everything. I'm, sh- I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> They'll remake it for the remake and sell it again. It'll be mm-hmm. <clears throat> electric powered or something. Elon Musk will make it. And big news stories of 2005, huh? not Elon Musk making a Final Fantasy 7 motorcycle, but rather oh, yeah. the launch of course of the Xbox 360 in November. Twenty second. This did year happened. Uh, the PlayStation Three was unveiled on May sixteenth in Japan with that horrific boomerang controller that we all just kind of were collectively wondering what. Bring it! They lost back. their minds. Bring
2: it back. Got to get your. Got to get your second job. Do you think that's worth it?
0: <laughs> right. I I paid for that with my job. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think that boomerang controller is like somewhere? Like, do you think it still exists? Like, is it in an office? it It has to be
2: somebody has it somewhere i'm sure there's a collector probably has it somewhere yeah Yeah,
0: it's like that should be on display just so we could all
1: really stare at the thing and and really start to imagine our hands wrapped around that who do we have to ask i feel like there's like there's a series series of questions that i need to ask anybody who's gonna know or who might know the answer to it and that's does somebody have the boomerang controller who originally directed DMC two? (laughs) Uh,
0: what if it's the same guy what if he was just batting a thousand in terms of failure yes (laughs) i like Uh, how you brought that back around though that was that was smooth much like a boomerang you would say (laughs) yeah there it is yes let us know if you have that in a warehouse somewhere because that'd make a great pawn stars episode or something (laughs) um uh, another pretty relevant news story this is when activision acquired vicarious visions Mm-hmm. who would then you know what was it a year or two ago that they got absorbed into blizzard and are now just a a blizzard company yeah
1: after and, making the best game of 2021 <laughs> two, 2020? 2020 2020
2: yeah. yeah
0: and now we will get tony hawk is crying right now because we will never get another one of, i guess ever again who knows um I'm but yeah, the the seeds were planted i guess this year Uh, another acquisition sega bought creative assembly who is probably most recently notable for doing alien isolation and they just announced that hyenas game that like multiplayer thing that they're
2: doing they did right yeah
0: but you know which you know we'll see how that goes and also namco and bandai got married this year Mm. and became bandai namco and they're still going strong the the still doing it Union, I don't know what is it, 20 not 20 years, it's like 17 17? years,
2: yeah. And the, the anime games have been rolling ever since,
0: yes. <laughs> we all know the 17th anniversary is the One Piece anniversary,
1: it oh, is, they're, they're giving it to us, yeah. So, every every anniversary is the One Piece. I'm here for it, it's
2: <laughs> <is> my favorite <laughs> rap
1: lyric.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, 2005, everybody, uh, a fun year, who could ever forget? I was in my uh, senior high school, so this was a pivotal yeah, year Yeah, I graduated for me, that stuff. year. Oh, I
2: graduated the next year, okay. Mm-hmm. you Class of 05. You, you guys are making me feel so old right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was have my first job. I was uh, living in a condo. and <laughs>
0: I was like, I had my first job, but I was a bag boy. <laughs> yeah, I had my first
1: job at a Subway like the year before at a pizza I, place. Okay, that's a little bit more prestigious, I think. Maybe. So,
0: yeah, speaking of prestige, this video game, mm-hmm. the prestigious one, how did it get made?
1: John, can you walk us through the making of Devil May Cry 3? Sure. It's going to be a rocky one, I think, this week. Um, Despite, like, how great this game is, um, uh, a lot of the development stories, I think, were kind of kept close to the chest. And a, a lot of, like, a lot of making this game was really fixing the mistakes of the previous game. Um so we covered this uh in the Devil May Cry 2 episode but uh Hideyaki Itsuno who was the director of uh who ended up the director of DMC2 uh wanted another shot at the series um and wanted another shot at creating a, a Devil May Cry game from the very beginning. Wasn't so, he
0: basically like the Batista meme where he was like spitting
1: give on me a what i and want. He said like give me Devil May Cry 3. That's it. Uh, He's like, if you won't let me make this open world dragon game uh, with dragon hearts and pawns and whatnot, uh, I'm going to make this Devil May Cry game. And you're going to like it. Yeah. And uh, people did like it, actually, which is good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they it's, you know, and I believe a pretty small group of developers from within Capcom uh, started working on Devil May Cry 3. Um, After after DMC 2 and. I mean, they they wanted to get Dante's attitude back. They wanted to examine a devil may cry uh, that was pretty far away from 2. So it was uh, settled on uh, that it was going to be a prequel. And uh, with that, they were also risking bringing back uh, a character that was, I guess, dead already um as as far as they were saying uh which is virgil virgil's a a really big part of dmc three
0: not only dead
1: but a not even really a character like he was not
0: a fully formed
1: character in dmc one so they basically had to start from scratch basically (laughs) right and and uh everything with virgil in this game is like the blueprint of how we know him today um He's, I mean, he's Dante's brother. He's his twin brother, a little bit older than Dante. How much but, older do you think he is? Uh, a few a few hours, actually. 30,
2: 34 seconds. It's, is that out there? It's like, <laughs> is he like a minute or so.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I found um we've we've talked about this book before, but it's the DMC 3142 uh graphics, graphic arts book. And there's an interview with Bingo Morihashi, who's uh who's worked on the DMC series as a Uh, scenario writer he's worked on uh like the story the overall scenario for a few of the games and basically virgil's creator right yeah he uh he had a a big hand in creating everything that there is about virgil um so much so that that a lot of the this uh the developers were saying that he was like in love with virgil um just because working on it so so much but like he is like this integral part to not only Dante, but the the overall Devil May Cry story, or he could have. He could be. Uh, I guess this was the starting point for that. Right. Uh, for making him like an actual tangible character and not just like a boss that you fight at the end of DMC one. Yeah. Who happens to be your brother. Uh, but but this actually says uh, in DMC three, I want to exemplify that contrast between the dumb little brother and the cool older brother. And then he says that Virgil is older by several hours. Hmm. So, yeah,
2: hours, hours. Is that how
0: twins I, I, as a not twin? I was like, I've never heard of that, of a difference being that long. You always hear like, mm-hmm. I it's yeah, like five is... minutes
1: behind, not like <laughs>
0: 10 hours. It's a pretty later. big delay for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: I'm not a, for their I, mom. I, I'm not a demon doctor, so I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> is that why Eva's no longer with us? Is it, Virgil, is it probably, Virgil's fault? Or I guess Dante's fault actually. <laughs> I guess. It would be.
1: Yeah, Dante was the last one. Yeah, would... too busy eating pizza in the womb. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Who put that there? Who put it?
0: <laughs> she ate pizza before labor. Oh, okay, early. okay, yeah. got it. That's where he gets it. I was That's
2: how umbilical cords work, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wes is the only parent here you can <laughs> <test> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, yeah, that would. I I didn't say that. Oh, you yeah. I I never. I never <laughs> tested that. That's how that actually works. The kids are craving pizza. It, I just really want to eat some pizza now.
1: Um. So yeah. Uh. Everything about this this game. Well, I don't know about the game, but uh. Yeah. They. So much of this game is like a fresh starting point for the series. What once again, Kamiya isn't involved with the development of the game. Uh, but it seems like he did speak with people who were working on it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he found anything, but uh, going back to to Moriashi mm. in Virgil, apparently the the legend goes that Kamiya gave Bingo freedom to basically retcon Virgil story and just start from scratch. Because like in D- DMC3, I guess his original backstory was that he had like died. Like he would be dead already by the time this like DMC three's events happen. But since that wouldn't work for what they were trying, the story they were telling with this game, uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know who reached out to who I would assume Bingo reached out to Camille was like, Hey, can I use this guy? And he was just like, whatever. I don't work. I don't even go here anymore. (laughs)
1: So Uh, you can do what you want. (laughs) So, so there's like an interesting conversation within this Bingo interview where uh, Bingo says that, there were talks of setting it in a parallel world at first because Virgil being alive doesn't quite mesh with the events of DMC1. Uh, but Itsuno-san said, if it's interesting, then do it and don't worry. Uh, if it has to be a parallel world, then it's a parallel world. Like, it's video games that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, also it's Devil May Cry too. Devil May Cry. <laughs> yeah, I, just... um,
2: I don't know that any of the information in Devil May Cry 1 ever explicitly stated that, like, when Virgil died, right?
0: Yeah, I think it was more like internal lore, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever like So
2: Yeah, I'm sure like nobody actually knew that. Nobody that was going to be playing the game or purchasing it. So probably wasn't a that tough of a call to make.
0: Yeah. Right. Like maybe there's a DMC but... bible within Capcom and they're like, "Oh, page 53 says he's dead. He should be dead."
1: <laughs> uh, we can't can't wreck on that. Um, but it Bingo goes on to say that uh He says, I'd actually been discussing the matter with Kamiya-san since DMC 2, and as far as DMC 3 was concerned, he said, uh, you don't even have to explicitly say it's a parallel world. Um, I told him that doing that uh, might mess up the continuity, uh, but he didn't care saying that those kinds of things happen all the time. Once again, who cares? It's a fun video game. Uh, Mess with the lore all that you need to, like right it's it like doesn't matter dude, ultimately
0: we're coming off of devil may cry 2 nobody cares okay yeah. <laughs> like, Everyone, everyone's mad just
2: like make it good just make it good that's You what we want
0: you think that's the? we're ignoring that entire sequel who cares do what you want
1: <laughs> uh so in ignoring that entire sequel uh dante actually has a lot of cool different powers we talked about it a little bit earlier but like his different combat styles he has uh, four different ones to choose from from the beginning um and that is your uh trickster uh which is uh well basically he can use his weapons with any of these yeah out right like yeah he
2: can a lot of these are like modifiers
1: using like the circle or b or b button depending on your yeah it it,
2: basically the the different um the different skill sets allow dante to like either do like modified combos like with Swordmaster, he can like do more like damaging like longer combos with his sword Mm. um trickster i think he can like um do like a flash like a flash step kind of move where he can like dash out of the way Like a
0: more evasion Um, and speed based because they're more just combat styles than anything, but you're still using the same weapons. He just plays different.
2: The one that's, I think, really the most kind of revolutionary and interesting is um, Royal Guard, because up to that point, I I don't recall like seeing a whole lot of parrying in video games. And now like you hardly see any video games that don't have a parry. Um, But i remember like that being such a hard concept to grasp when it first came out like wait what do i have to I hit this button right before he hits me and then yeah. i can return the damage and it like so in that way I, I feel like devil may cry 3 is kind of like ahead of the game in a lot of ways yeah. um it was a little revolutionary in that way
0: yeah I, i'm glad you said that because i remember thinking the same thing at a time where royal guard was always my least favorite and that mm-hmm. it was the hardest to to master because again like i nobody was parrying in game, so i was I remember just like being frustrated. Like, I, I don't know what they want for me here, or I do know, but I feel like I can't do it. it it's weird thinking about it now because now it's second nature <laughs> to Barry. And I want to go back to it at some point. So it's like, I'll probably be amazing at Royal Guard now. But yeah, you know, and but I imagine
2: but... it'll be a lot easier now than it used to be, you know, when you first came out because it was just a kind of weird concept.
0: Right. And apparently that was yeah. by design. Like, the designers wanted it to be the most challenging the master, but also to have the, the biggest reward cuz if you got really good at it you could just do so much damage to uh to demons off those counters
1: right and uh fun fact about this game is that just about everything can be guarded or parried uh with with the royal guard uh move set mm. uh except for like some like lo- uh acid pools or something in like chapter 8 uh, but everything else is completely blockable, which is hmm. kind of neat. Like, That's pretty cool. The, the whole game's designed for rail for Royal Guard to be effective if you're good at it. Which I was not. So I was.
0: Just I was not either. I, I, I wasn't
2: either. It's OK.
0: I my favorite. <laughs> I've always been a trickster guy. That mm. was always my favorite because I kind of value and this goes across all action games. I, I tend to lean towards uh speedier characters and that focus on maneuverability because it's like, if I can't get hit, then I'm fine, basically. Right. Right. Uh, so I remember that was my number one. I, especially for how hard that game is. Having that uh, the double jump and that dash was like invaluable for just trying to like outmaneuver these really hard bosses. Uh, and then Swordmaster was right underneath the gunslinger. I'm kind of back and forth on just because I don't really use guns that much in DMC or at least not as the main like My main form of offense is just like, yeah, they they complement my sword. I'm more of a melee guy. So like Trickster and Swordmaster with Swordmaster being number one was my thing. Do you remember, Wes, which ones?
2: I think I was pretty similarly uh, Trickster and Swordmaster were my my go to's, Um, maybe more so Swordmaster than Trickster. Um, But I do remember that those were both up there for me. Gunslinger, I think, has the disadvantage of just not being very good for heavy DPS. Right, so you're spending a lot of time like holding enemies at bay shooting and stuff like that, but you're not really doing a lot of damage very quickly, mm-hmm. and so when you're getting into these boss encounters and some of these bosses can be fairly tanky, you really kind of need to like lay on the damage and you know using your pistols or your shotgun or whatever it just doesn't uh you're not really like mowing through them the way that you probably want to be you know yeah
1: so. see uh so Dante also had two other. Uh, Move sets that you would gain throughout the adventure. Uh, one is Doppelganger, uh, which allows him to have like a, a shadow clone that fights along with him. Um, I didn't really see any footage of it, but it says that uh, what what I've read says that it it just brings out different tactics and combo opportunities. Um, yeah,
0: because he pretty much like the Doppelganger does everything that you do in terms of like if you hit if you hit the melee button, he's going to melee. Uh, where he could be interesting is because the doppelganger uses all the weapons that you have equipped at the time you conjure it Mm -hmm. so if you were to like switch weapons after you summoned it you could maybe like gang up on people with like two different weapons or you know if you're already really good at one you could just you know (laughs) just really hammer home people with like uh, the rocket launcher or the 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 beowulf cestuses. um it was pretty fun i remember using that a fair bit towards the uh the back half of the game for, like, larger mobs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it in, like, the very, very late game. I want to say in, like, the last quarter of the game. Yeah. Um, And Dante basically, like, the doppelganger kind of, like, faces him, faces Dante. And so I think it's really kind of made to, like, have one enemy in between the two Dantes, and you're, like, kind of hitting him from the front and the back at the yeah. same time. So it's like it's m- really effective for kind of, like, Really nailing, I think, a single enemy or yeah. using like an AoE and then kind of like blowing it up. it yeah.
1: reminds me a lot of Morgan from Darkstalkers. Because she has like yes, the same like only exactly. thing who who faces her, and like that that's your whole thing is comboing
2: right between all of her. Yeah, it is similar to that. Right.
1: And whatnot. Um the final uh battle style for Dante is Quicksilver, uh, which allows him to kind of control time. Um and You move at lightning quick speeds uh, relative to the other enemies. Um, And that also just opens up more combo stuff. Uh, Does it so with with that, does that just slow down time to like it? It just slows down
2: time. Yeah, it's like bullet time, like everything takes on kind of like a sepia tone sort of. Sure. And then all the enemies just move to a snail's pace and Dante can move around at his normal pace and hit enemies. So it allows for you know easy positioning to get in and in some quick hits um yeah. without um you know really putting yourself at risk
0: yeah it's kind of like an evolution of the the whatever the time ring was and in, in dmc1 that you had to unlock mm. um so yeah basically expanded that into its own fighting style also if this game came out today do you think they would have had a cutscene where time slows down and dante's running around doing a bunch of goofy stuff where he's like putting hats on people and like shoving ice cream in a demon's face and they're like frozen he's like licking. probably yeah like it's set in like a restaurant or something he's like eating pizza and then putting pepperonis in her eyes so when
2: you (laughs) yeah when you put it in that context it it really kind of like makes me sad that the way that they actually do introduce that which is like like a big rocks about to fall in dante's head and he just stops time and he's like Pushing it up in the air, and it's like okay, and then he just like walks away, and then it falls down. Well, you know, so we, it's
0: we missed we, opportunities. We didn't have <laughs> uh, X Men: Days of Future Past to, no.
1: to show us the or way. Sonic the Hedgehog, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about next?
0: Um, I think the the general philosophy for this game, because you know, we talked about with um, Devil May Cry two about mm-hmm. It's fighting game background yeah and with this game because again this was his chance to get to do everything that he wanted from the get-go uh he talked about how he wanted this game to to kind of feel like a fighting game and also kind of leverage his expertise and apply it to an action game and in general like his like wanting to not focus so much on fan feedback or just feedback in general because that was something double Cry 2 suffered from where they kind of overcorrected. From the feedback of DMC one, whereas this mm. time he more lets you know. I hear what people are saying about Devil May Cry two, but also screw it. I'm going to do whatever I think is best, right? <laughs> um, and you know that kind of applied to, like you mentioned before, the bringing back that attitude that Devil May Cry two lacked with Dante and just the stylishness uh, to the point where um, the the actors that were cast to to play Devil May Cry three, which is another big thing with this game is that they had a motion capture yeah for the animation which was a big deal at the time for this game and for capcom as a whole because i think from what i understand this was the first capcom like first party game to use this and in like a big way like motion capture and it kind of set the standard of like going forward of like animation quality uh because they cast a reuben langdon to Mm -hmm. voice as well as uh, motion capture Dante and Daniel Southworth as Virgil and they were apparently cast because Capcom thought that they were the best people to bring physicality and charisma to the roles which I was looking at both of their kind of IMDb pages uh, both of them have lengthy credits uh as professional stuntmen both in Hollywood and for video games like motion capture and a lot of voice credits I was trying to find a thing of like what is the what is the thing they did that made them go like those guys or two dudes with the attitude <laughs> more than anyone else. I couldn't really like they've worked on the resident evil games. They've worked on, I mean, post devil may cry, uh, the last of us. I know uh, Ruben Langdon particularly has been involved with all the last of us games. And like yeah. I mentioned, a bunch of Hollywood films. So I, I wasn't sure what they're in their library it's... were to want, unless they just knew of them personally.
2: I don't know. It's it's funny because I was reading something that like Ruben Langdon had to audition for the role like four times. Yeah. And they like. So maybe they didn't. Maybe he wasn't just like, oh, this is the guy. Maybe it was just like, I don't know if if they're making him come back four times. You know, maybe
1: it seems weird for the time period, too, because it feels like. Up until. Maybe 2010, a lot of like. A lot of. uh like acting and and uh, like voice work seems by the seat of uh, the company's pants but a bit like like it's just whoever is is available so it's interesting that they actually did interview him like four times for this Um, sometimes like performances are just kind of questionable You think he had to
0: say like jackpot like four different times for yeah he he had to
1: actually like do a roundhouse kick while holding a
2: slice of His (laughs) mouth. they are putting on a coat and and, while also Mm. putting on a trench coat yeah also apparently
0: (laughs) uh i think it was i can't remember if it was uh, langdon or southworth but i I think it was langdon saying that he didn't get to keep the uh prop coat yeah that he auditioned with which i was Uh, kind of sad boo capcom come on how dare you uh but yeah i if you've ever looked up you can find footage uh capcom released of them doing their motion capture section or sessions mm. and it's really fun to watch because you can see like literally it is just those cutscenes just being acted out like they'll do side by side where you see them doing the sword fighting um i like watching the final fight where they uh where dante and virgil kill arkham and they do the mm-hmm. like we're gonna put our guns together thing like yeah, you can see like, the motion capture like yeah. which I one always one gun
2: sideways, one gun's vertical like <laughs> which I always thought I was
0: like that doesn't add anything to the attack I don't think but it, I guess it looks cool awesome <laughs> but, but it, it's even weirder when you see real people doing it Of like that would look silly if someone shot you like that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's cool when they do it I guess um but yeah and and also just going back to the the combat uh I found an interesting uh quote Uh, From an old video interview with GameSpot that they did with the producer uh, Tsuyoshi Tanaka, who was discussing the four combat styles and balancing them. Because that's one of the big things with this game is like, how do you balance four different combat styles? And apparently, according to him, they did it (laughs) or they didn't focus on it. Uh, He had a thing saying that, uh, and I quote here, balance should not be 100 percent equal over the different styles. There should be a time when you're using a style and saying, man, this style is making this level a pain in the butt. And other times you say, man, this style, this makes it look so cool right here. And basically saying that he wanted the team to focus more on each, making each style individually fun and less focused on like how do we make the game like balanced across the board for them all the work. And he had an interesting uh, comparison to Street Fighter. Where he was saying, like you know, if you play Street Fighter, technically those characters are balanced, but they're also not, because like when you're a beginning or a beginner, you know, you you think that maybe one character is better suited to fight another one when you're still like getting to know them. But then if you really hone in on one character, you start to get really good with them, and you realize you can really beat anyone with this character, Uh, and so the balance kind of changes, and it's more based on your experience than maybe what the game itself is doing and he basically wanted that to be with devil may cry one where it's like yeah you're gonna be fights where like i don't know if royal guard is really working against this guy maybe i should change to Quickster or quickster <laughs> i'm thinking of spongebob <laughs> trickster <laughs> um which you know that's valid too but if you really got good at royal guard you could probably beat anything in the game if you just really took to that style and got super good at it hmm So but like, again, it's not anything the game is doing to balance. It's just your own skill. You know,
2: the thing that I think really kind of sets this game forward gameplay wise over the other games, and maybe we're going to get to that, but um, is the fact that you don't have to go into the menu screen to swap weapons anymore. Right. Um, You create a loadout for yourself at the the statues or at the start screen, and you could pick two double arms and two firearms and you can hot swap them on the fly, which really opened up the game for basically to to what it is kind of today to create these kind of like long strings of complex, lengthy, really cool looking combos. And previously, I feel like you I don't think you could do that. You had to like pause the game, select a devil arm or go to a statue and select a devil arm. And um, for me, that made like all the difference in the world as far as you know, making this game more fun and really opening up that combat and making it like really opening it up for experimentation.
0: Yeah, have you ever played the uh, Switch release, Wes?
2: No, I haven't played it on Switch. Okay,
0: because the Switch version introduced uh, the ability to be able to swap the fighting styles on the fly.
1: Yeah,
2: and having okay.
1: and having full like weapon wheels for your for your Devil Arms and your your guns.
0: Yeah, which sounds incredible because uh, yeah. in the original dmc and pretty much all the releases up to switch uh you chose your fighting style before each mission and you're pretty much just stuck with it until you get to the next one and you can decide to change or not because i i, I want to play the switch one just to see what that feels like like wow i can mm-hmm. just swap between because you know they they let you do that in the uh, dmc four and five going mm-hmm, forward. right but i would like to see how dmc three which was not maybe tuned for that <laughs> would feel to just be able to go I'm gonna go trickster, rogue, guard, all in one to fight Cerberus or whatever, and see how how it changes the game at all, or maybe makes it easier. Uh, and speaking of easier, I think the difficulty is a fun topic with this game because, uh, like you said, John, you you know you're one of the ones that tapped out of it, and you know, understandably, this game is tough. <laughs> and apparently, that was well it was by design, but maybe not for the reasons you would think. Because uh, for people that don't know there was a difference between North American and European Devil May Cry 3 and was. Japanese Devil May Cry 3, where the version that we all got is significantly harder than the version that came out in Japan. Right. And a lot of that was due, again, to fan feedback about Devil May Cry 2 being too easy. But also, according to Itsuno, apparently it was also like a, an edict from Capcom saying that they had to make the game harder because uh, back in those times, they knew that you could return a game within 30 days in the States. Uh, and so mm. they wanted to prevent that by making the game as hard as possible so that it would take players longer to get through. And, you know, you couldn't go back to, was Blockbuster still around? I, mean, I guess it was in 2005. Yes, um, yeah, yes,
1: yeah, it was, but it definitely was. The the one thing is like GameStop and Best Buy, which I worked at around those times, did not let you return games if they were opened. Oh, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Target did either. So uh, they made it hard for no reason. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, uh, they, they messed up. They didn't do they, their research.
0: No, they just heard the rumors about how it is in this this wacky country that we live in. Mm-hmm. But I just thought like that's such an almost arcade kind of old school mentality of like, you
1: know, instead of taking quarters, it's like, well, how do we stop them from
0: returning our game too soon? Yeah,
1: but also the the funny thing is we, when we talked about this with DMC2, this is a lot of arcade developers who came over and like, yeah, the team who were working on DMC2, DMC3 and onward. Um, So having that arcade mentality, of making it difficult uh makes a lot of sense uh also having like that fighting game pedigree and it seeping into these different fighting styles and a whole host of weapons and combos also makes a lot of sense yeah um and then going and even going back to the difficulty stuff the reason that
0: our version is is harder than japan's or why it's like that is that apparently like pretty much our difficulties is scaled like one up or one higher than the Japanese Mm. version. So easy mode in the North American version is normal in the Japanese version. Oh, sure. And then it goes up from there. So our normal is there hard. (laughs) So I guess if you played on normal, you can maybe pat yourself on the back even more because you technically beat the hard (laughs) version of the Mm -hmm. game. And apparently the Japanese, because the American version has a very hard mode, whereas the Japanese one does not have one at all. And so after feedback from when this game came out and, you know, people love DMC three, but people are like, man, that game's hard. Uh, when the special edition came out, it reverted back to the Japanese scaling of the difficulty for, mm-hmm. you know, internationally, which is why the game is easier. Cause that's the version they've always had. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And it added a, a very hard mode
1: yeah.
0: as well. So, so you um, know, it kind of gave everyone a, I guess the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah. Uh. So there's a there's a quote that I found from Todd Thorson, who uh, was the director of marketing uh, at the time that I think this is when DMC three special edition on Switch was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had worked on that as a producer and on DMC five. And he says feedback from our audience continually shows that gamers want a challenging experience. Uh, rarely does somebody want a game they could beat in a day? uh dmc3 offers a solid challenge and for those that find the difficulty level too hard hang in there as the game will default to the easy mode if you die a few times i'm sure that's uh the newer version because i don't remember that happening or if i if yeah, I, I if it did i didn't want I, it
2: to i, like, I think to it easy. asked i think it asked you like okay. do you, you want to switch to easy and Which i, said, I you know, Hell that-
1: no that patronizing
2: <laughs> message
0: that we all yeah. love where it's I'd like rather, hey, oh man i having I a hard hate time it there buddy that's
2: so much i'd rather I hate, quit. It, I hate it i hate it it's so bad
0: <laughs> i don't think i that's probably the maybe one of the few video game like things that ever make me feel irrational anger yeah it's like no <laughs>
2: it's i like, it's like the game is you. judging you <laughs> it's like it's so it's okay we'll move it down for you yeah i mean don't there's worry. there's
1: there's no problem with difficulty levels at all like to have more of them, that's that's fine. But like, yeah, if I set this specific difficulty level, that's what I want to play it. Um, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't need you to patronize.
2: Uh. Um, random um uh, thing that I just remembered: mm-hmm. we were talking about the 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 different fighting styles, and there was something about Doppelganger that I remembered that was very unique to Devil May Cry three. Uh, I think Devil May Cry Three is the only game in the series that has multiplayer. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, this. I, I saw but, that. Um, if a second player presses Start while Dante's using Doppelganger mode, the second player can control the Doppelganger.
0: Yeah, and it's, I've it's never tried health. it, but I I remember think hearing about it like after the fact. Uh, but I've never. Have you ever done it?
2: No, I didn't have anybody to play with. That I don't have friends that really want to know. play. It's it's that's a weird thing though, right? Because um i if i remember correctly i think that uses up your double trigger gauge it does and so you can use it all of like seven seconds or something like that so you're like okay jump in here for like five (laughs) seconds help me out you know
0: (laughs) i just need to kill one guy who's already like halfway dead uh it it's a good excuse to when your parents are like you got to let your brother play and you're like, okay, and then you're yeah, like, you oh, go. that's it, it's over. Like, no, seven that's seconds. that's it, it's Only a few seconds. Sorry, I, I let you play though. I fulfilled my obligation.
2: When I get that, when I get that double trigger gauge charged back up here in a, another six, seven minutes, then you can jump back in. <laughs>
0: if you're lucky, you can hit one button.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's weird that they use. Oh, it's not weird, but it's it's fun that they use the devil trigger meter for uh, for other things other than you're just like super powered state because i think well we we mentioned doppelganger uses it but i think quicksilver does as well
2: yeah um, for when you're slowing down time it yeah it, i think it eats your eats your meter up to do which, that which makes sense i mean that's a yeah. slowing
0: slowing down time in a dmc game that's very powerful so it is yeah you know, it is especially in that game so it makes sense that you're kind of trading out your special demon ability to
1: do that right um also other Combat styles have different meters that are added on. Um, I know Royal Guard has like some sort of revenge meter that as you're blocking, it'll it'll start filling these orbs by your health bar um, that you can cash in for for damage. Um, Not sure about the others, Um, whether they have just like cooldowns for like trickster dashes or or if it uses its own special meter or not
2: i don't recall having i don't don't have anything in front of me
1: to to look it up but (laughs) uh i I think it's neat that they did think that deep of like putting different meters for different
0: uh play styles in there can i share a controversial opinion about this game absolutely yes this dante Mm -hmm. is my least favorite dante design wise not personality I... i okay never really been a big fan of his appearance in this game. You don't I'm like not... the
1: the shirtless? No. Look, uh... I mean, he didn't have time to get ready.
0: <laughs> <Was> he... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was shirtless in his, his place. Why is he wearing mm-hmm. no... Why would you throw a coat uh, over no shirt? I don't uh, understand. It just seems... was
2: I was just reading something about Dante's design um, in this and why they kind of like chose that. Apparently they chose that specifically. They modeled him after Johnny's bands, which are like boy bands in Japan, which apparently, you know, like are always, you know, showing off their, you know, like abs and, you know, like wearing like, you know, vest with no shirt underneath or whatever. And they thought that was really cool and that they were really like trying to up the cool factor. And they were the designer was really talking about how. They were designing this for the Japanese audience, and they wanted it to be a hit for the Japanese audience, and they didn't care about like anybody outside Japan. They just needed it to be a hit in Japan. And so they were really like a lot of the like ladies design Dante's design. It was all like very squarely like they completely reworked Lady's design from her original design. She was supposed to be like an older demon hunter. It was supposed to kind of like mentor Dante. And Itsuno said, no, no, it has like the Japanese audience will never go for that. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be um, something that will like be a real hit with the Japanese audience. And apparently he thought like that had that meant she had to be a schoolgirl. Yeah,
0: she was an original lady with the old girl design originally so. not thirsty enough <clears throat> we, need, <laughs> Apparently. we need we need to go from old mentor to like sexy velma
1: kind of looking girl. sure <laughs> uh so sexy velma go, <laughs> i like it <laughs> going back to the the uh the O marihashi interview uh he talks about speaking with kamiya about the dante design and it says uh that well like the the first question was like or the, the question about this was about how dmc3 ended up being like a lot wilder than uh than dmc2 wasn't even dmc1 like dmc3 is, is uh way up on on the nutty scale oh it's just for, like yeah, like, in a, and I
0: say that in a good way, but yeah, it is like it, it is it,
1: incredibly stupid. A barrage of stupid. Um,
0: <laughs> like Dante surfs on a missile at yeah. one point. Uh
1: so so this interviewer asked, like, oh, so that's how DMC wound up as wild DMC three wound up as wild wild as it is. And Bingo says, That's right. And Kamiya San said that it wasn't enough. Uh which explains <laughs> a lot of bayonetta. <laughs> to me. Um He
0: yawned when he played Devil it's, May Cry Three. Like, uh, it's like this
1: is uh, it's, what if there was more splits and pole dancing happening? Yeah, what um,
2: a what a snooze fest. Double Cry three is what if Dante didn't to... have pants. You know, they didn't go
1: far enough. Just no yeah. shirt. That's it. Uh, this says early in development. We were discussing how DMC three would have a shirtless Dante contrasting with the more refined Dante from DMC one. And Kamiya-san said this Dante is quieter than I expected. And if you're going to change up the image, feel free to give him a weapon. That's not a sword i mean he,
0: <laughs> he gets great. that what, so wait is camille saying this after he had seen the finished project or, or no this is the, i
1: think they were speaking during development
0: okay so like, yeah. has he seen those cutscenes? and like dante's not like yeah. the last thing dante is is quiet
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i like dante even has a uh a quote in the game where he's like i don't like people that talk more than i do
0: (laughs) which is a classic quote that i think we've all applied i think that's a i have that on my my dating profile just to let people know if you talk more than me it's not gonna work it's not gonna work (laughs) uh Uh, yeah i just it's weird that um i said this last time that my favorite dante outfit is his dmc2 look and it's the worst game but mm -hmm. then the best game has my least favorite dante look uh, it actually bugged me in Marvel's Capcom Three that that's what they went with. I understood it. It was like, yeah, Devil May Cry Three is the most popular one, so that's the right. That's is the visual you go with. One? Yeah, it's shirtless Dante, but it's adult Dante, so it's like a weird mashup Mish of mash. DMC One and Three Dantes because it's not young Dante, but they gave him the the three appearance. Uh,
2: he has his um, his DMC One appearance at the very end of the game in the last cutscene. So it's kind of interesting that they like transition that into that at the very end of the game, I thought.
0: He learned how to wear a shirt.
2: I guess. Yeah. And that
0: was the one lesson he took away from his adventure is I should probably wear a oh, shirt.
2: I should wear shirts.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Is there anything else from development that I have?
0: I think you covered the,
1: yeah. the broad strokes. Like we oh, a lot, I mean, a lot of it is like the the team wanted to really just make their own devil may cry um and not have to take it over halfway through um and they were just really adamant on making something cool and something that it's you wanted and they really just followed his lead throughout the the entire development like yeah the 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 team did talk with uh kami a bit on like what to do with dante and whatnot but a lot of this was all Itsuno's vision and it it paid off. Yeah, uh, absolutely really well.
2: Yeah, I, I really like um the the fact that they kind of where Devil May Cry 2 like really stepped back the like number of available options for devil arms. Like this game really opened it up even more than Devil May Cry 1. Mm-hmm. So I think Dante gets like 5 or 6 devil arms to choose from over the course of the game and like four firearms. Um and that that the series kind of like kept that up as it moved forward um but the talking about a design standpoint um the Cerberus nunchuck it's a it's a three um stick nunchuck that's cool and apparently the uh design team actually put in a patent for a three stick nunchuck I think they called it a sunchuck or a sun triad um Tried it chuck. Kept... I should have called it that so they, yeah, that would have been maybe a better name, but, um, but they actually like patented that. That was like their their design on like one big. What were they gonna street. do with that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, like didn't want anybody stealing like their three stick nut nunchucks. It was just you know? gonna go to like. I well, want to see like some kid on the street, you know, like coming after him after they after work. Million dollar idea, <laughs>
0: just on the on the blacktop. It's kids gonna revolutionize it warfare yeah i was gonna say were they gonna like sh- manufacture these and sell them in dojos capcom branded trichucks <laughs> i'd buy based it on that devil may cry three game you played, <laughs> uh, it's like and then you know if you thought normal nunchucks were difficult to use and injured you more than your opponent probably
2: <laughs> you wait till you get Why hit to yourself me. with one stick when you can hit yourself with two <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> like the true masters um i think we uh we touched on it briefly, but the uh, I think the special edition is worth bringing up because mm-hmm. it came out a year later, and I think a lot of people, uh, like if you're going to play this game today, that's that's pretty the way. much the one you should go for. Um, right. we mentioned before yeah. that it is the difficulty is a little easier. Not that it's easy, but maybe it's not. It's balanced a bit better and isn't overly right. hard. Remember, go um, to
1: hard if you want the original.
0: <laughs> exactly, and uh, it also introduced. Um, mid-chapter checkpoints which is pretty huge for that game because uh, uh that yeah. was another difference between the original and the japanese version was the sort of like checkpointing and saving where again that had always been in the japanese version but since it had to be harder for the american audience we're like what if you just had to run through the whole stage again
1: <laughs> i think that was probably part of what drew me away from it <laughs> was failing whenever i got to like a boss and then just having to start over
0: it's weird because nowadays yeah. that would be it's weird because that's an old school mentality. But then yeah. we went away from that around yeah, this time. We, we got, but then we got soft, back to that. And then we got back to it.
1: And but now it's we Dark Souls. It. Yeah,
0: like yeah. that's all like, again, if this came out today, would it just be more like eh, business as usual? Of course, I got to go all the way back. That's just how it works. The only difference is that I don't have to collect Dante's orbs that he dropped <laughs> where he died. <laughs> would, you,
1: would you play a Devil May Cry game that was inspired by Dark Souls? Yes. Or Elden Ring? I mean, as long as it's as fast Mm. but like like
0: it has to be the same kind of combat but like if you're doing it in the structure of like if they took the world design of like dark souls or or bloodborne of like this giant interconnected world Mm. but it was still just devil May cry which is like
1: amazing (laughs) that's in the spirit of like the original dmc
0: yeah like that resident evil dna of you know but like if they went full on dark souls with it where you're like oh i found a ladder and now i can go back to this area and air juggle this guy now. Um, I think that'd be pretty. Cool. Yeah, I'd like yeah. If they,
2: I'd like it if they took like a Dark Souls, Dark Souls or uh, FromSoft style camera and added it to the series. Because um, mm-hmm. Devil May Cry has always been about kind of like the fixed cameras. Right. And you in want, this like, game, it kind of like all um, Dante. That gets pretty, especially in and I think that they did a better job in Devil May Cry 3 than in the previous two games. But there are like platforming and it gets a little bit dicey trying to do those platforming sections where you have no real camera control. And um, that gets really frustrating. So if I was going to pull something out of a FromSoft game, I think to add it to this, it would probably be the camera.
0: What if you made open world Devil May Cry? What if it was just Elden Ring? What if you could just go what anywhere? If Breath of what if the we wild? just go
2: play Elden Ring?
0: maybe we should <laughs> <laughs> but you can't eat pizza in elden ring that's the problem <laughs> what if there were multiple devil may cry shots? True,
2: and you can't of... surf on a missile
0: so, you cannot yeah. do that but you could you could oh. surf on the missile fast travel God. maybe i don't know but yeah i think that's an interesting idea and maybe who knows yeah. maybe Devil may cry six whenever that happens maybe they're looking at that stuff but uh I will say uh, the last big thing uh, with the special edition and uh, in addition to bringing back Bloody Palace, which, you know, you have to for a Devil May Cry game. Yeah, it's uh, part of the series now. It is in its DNA. Yeah. And of course, the the biggest thing with this edition is that you could play as Virgil for the uh, throughout sure, the no. entire game, which I've only played some of the special edition. I've never finished it, but I, I remember playing a, a buddy of mine who had it at the time. And I played through like the first couple missions with Virgil and thinking that he was really fun. Um, he's only got one combat style, which is called Dark Slayer. And he can only use the melee weapons, which uh, really he can only use uh, besides Yamato, which is a base weapon. Uh, yeah. He can use Beowulf and Force Edge. Uh, and that's it. But I remember him he, being.
2: Uh, he could make uh, like these uh, ethereal like, knives here in the air that you yeah. can shoot at enemies. So-
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Could kind of make up because he doesn't doesn't use guns. He's too cultured for those. Except for the end of the game when he does it. But <laughs> yeah, do you did you play through the <laughs> yeah. entire special edition, uh, Wes? And what do you yeah. think of Virgil compared to Dante? I,
2: I, I he is restrictive in his play style, but um, I feel like he's stronger than Dante. It might just be because of the difficulty difference in the special edition versus the regular edition, but. Um, feel like it's a lot easier to you know really you, you feel the power of Virgil like clearing through enemies sliced through um he he feels like like Dante is like where Dante takes longer to to work through and choose through some of the stronger enemies Virgil's able to like clear him out in just a couple of hits and it's it's a lot of fun to use
0: Virgil's so cool it's He's still like, a wonder that we've not gotten a Virgil game in yeah because like the closest we've gotten to that it's probably the 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 virgil expansion in dmc devil May Cry the ninja theory one because i don't count this one because you're you're still just playing through the regular game just with virgil whereas like the dmc expansion was like a entirely different area at least um but yeah I, i was looking some stuff up about that and i found an interview that itsuno uh gave one up in 2006, I think around the time Special Edition was coming out, and he mm-hmm. talked about the possibility of giving Virgil his own game. And at least at the time, he says, quote, I have talked with our producer about our wish to create a Virgil or Lady side story game. We are glad to know that he is popular in the U.S. because he is popular among the team as well. There are a lot of characters in Hollywood movies that use Japanese-style katana sores, so we were confident that he would be a popular character in the U.S which I feel like it's a very specific thing to point out about, like, well, he uses a katana, so obviously that's why he's cool Yeah, it's not cool with definitely
1: EF. like his white, white, slicked back hair and cool demeanor and his awesome, like, trench coat.
2: Yeah. Everything and, about him. And that he's, he's a bad guy, you know? There's, like, always an a appeal guy, to play you know? the bad
1: guy. So he's got that air of danger about him.
0: <laughs> you never know what that virgil's <laughs> gonna do next which i, I guess is you just kind of weird. you just want him to like you yeah like he's such a different character than dante he's mm. like personality wise the polar opposite so you kind of want to see he, he, we, i still want to see more of him because he's always just been the antagonist in the games that he's appeared in which is really only if we're not counting dmc which i feel like dmc is has given us the most virgil which is mm. kind of again, it's the the weird black sheep of the series even though it's a good game and we'll talk about it in the future at least i think it's a good game um but it's the um, it's the western devil may cry that gave us the most on virgil than the traditional <laughs> devil may cry games yeah uh i've always been fascinated by that so i would love like i guess a full game i guess in the classic series that you know just so let's just hang out with him like whether it's like a prequel or like we're seeing the the events of an existing game or his eyes or just something completely different to catch us up you know like what does he what makes him tick we know he likes power and stuff like that but what's he really doing you know what does he put on his pizza does he even what does he eat what do you think he, if Don is a pizza <laughs> guy and he's the hard opposite is he like a fancy like foie gras yeah guy? No, he's like,
2: he's He's eating sushi, I bet, you know? Yes, that's what he's, I was oh, going to say. He's, sushi he's, he's also really definitely Japanese eating sushi. You know,
0: yeah. Sushi snob. Nice bento box he's got <laughs> made for himself. Poke bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Just poking at it with his sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is a good segue to really quick get into the, the plot of this game. Again, like most Devil May Cry's, not really a ton going on when you get to the meat of it. It's, it's the whole cra-
1: it's more effective to, like, the general population of the world, though, than other DMCs seem to be. Do you mean, like, in terms of, like, the implications? Like, or do you mean, like, the fan base? Uh, the, the implications in the story. Like, a giant tower uh, appears out of nowhere in the middle of a city and seems to, like, destroy a bunch of stuff. When it seems like in, like, DMC 1, you're kind of in, like, what? This, like, like empty town. island. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. DMC two, I guess you're in like some Mediterranean Italian place, and there's yeah. no one there. Also, so it's like the,
0: DMC two, so nobody cares.
1: Yeah, no, and then uh <laughs> DMC four, I think, is another place like that where it it just seems like no one's around. But like, yeah, it's like in the weird Vatican. Yeah the the op- <laughs> the weird Vatican.
0: Yeah, as opposed to the normal one, I guess. Yeah, um, okay. but But uh, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like you would think. I mean, even in this game, like this tower sprouts out, you think there'd be like national news and be like cops surrounding it. They would rope off maybe a few blocks, but no, nah, yeah. Dante just kind of walks up to it <laughs> No one's, and no one's really hanging around like, what That's the... normal that wasn't there before. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, this game's a prequel it stars a, a younger Dante and, you know, he, he has his business, but it doesn't even have a name yet. And it's basically just him existing. <laughs>
1: like, he's just kind of Yellen
0: like a pizza. slacker, right? Playing uh,
1: billiards.
0: Yeah, by himself, I guess. You never and... really
2: actually see him playing billiards though, you know. He's just got the pool table just chilling out there. Yeah. So he's always got the pool table, but you never see him it's actually, that's you know, pretty cool though. Queuing up. Oh, pool tables pool tables are awesome. Yeah. I mean he know? probably surfs on
0: the pool queue and hits like one ball and then all the <laughs> balls bounce around the room and then they all go in holes and he says yep, jackpot yeah. or something, you know.
2: <laughs> jackpot. Yeah, every that... time he sinks one, jackpot. Jackpot. Jack, yep. jackpot.
0: That is um, that is that is Billy that is playing billiards with Dante. That is the experience. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it's, you know, it's it,
2: mm-hmm. it's interesting because like this game starts off the exact same way that Double May Cry 1 starts off with it, which is uh, Dante getting his office destroyed. So, you know, like in the first game, like Trish, like throws a motorcycle at him and like trashes his office. And then this one, like Arkham, who's like the central antagonist of the game, appears and just flips over his desk and says, your brother's waiting for you at the tower. He's like, okay. All right. And then a bunch a- of demons appear and you skateboard around them and you like beat up your jukebox and um it's on. Game on. So
0: Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to do, right? Again, trying to get away from DMC2. It's like, hey, remember the game that you did like? What if we just like evoke that but then go even wilder of like like yeah. everything you just said? That that opening scene is so much fun. <laughs> and it's the first thing we're like, okay, we're back to what this is supposed to be. Like uh-huh. Dante is a giant cheese ball as Reiner described him, like a Ninja Turtle, basically.
2: Ninja Turtle's a good comparison. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you know, he just goes to this tower to fight his twin brother that is bad. And like you mentioned, Arkham, the, the main villain, you don't know at the mm-hmm. time. He's just kind of Nero, or Nero, uh, Virgil's underling, who is just a human, ostensibly. Uh, yeah. And
2: he was uh human and he murdered his wife to gain demon powers that'll do it yeah
0: yeah and you also encounter his daughter uh mary or uh better known as lady which is her nickname that dante gives her and it's not even a nickname he just doesn't know her names so he he calls just her lady like, yeah he just calls her he, lady he you asks know? <laughs>
2: her like he asked her like what do you what do you want me to call you and she's like i don't care and he's like okay lady yeah and it's like <laughs> and that's where it's like weird like cuz he's not saying like origin story there.
0: Yeah, it's not like he's saying like I'll call you lady. He's just like yeah. saying like, "Well, okay, right, lady. lady." And then I guess maybe mm-hmm. she took it as like, I guess he just wants to That's call me lady. That's my name now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. And do you think there's a tramp it. out there? There I mean, he is the tramp. Is this this is the Lady in the Tramp remake? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you didn't you didn't catch the part when they were eating spaghetti in a back alley. And they shared it. they with a demon in the
2: eye uh-huh. and Oh, and, and then, and then Dante
1: goes, that's a spicy meat to ball. <laughs> he would say that honestly. <laughs> In <mind.
2: laughs>
0: a terrible Italian accent yes. that would offend the entire uh-huh. country. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of this game is really just Dante working his way up this tower. It's much like the Raid Redemption. But if there were demons instead of like angry military martial arts people. <laughs> and, you know, he gets to the top, he encounters his brother. And really, Virgil just wants him there because he wants his half of his... The mother's amulet that they have because they needed to break the seal to the demon world that their father, Sparta, never break the seal, never break the seal. But, you know, Virgil didn't hear that. He's like, I want to. So I'm going to take your uh, your amulet and uh go do that. And, you know, along the way, this is, you know, per the subtitle, this is where Dante kind of awakens the demon power within him that had been mm-hmm. dormant. This is where you kind of see him become. Or activate his double trigger for the first time. Triggers One them. of my favorite scenes, or maybe the my favorite scene from this game, is actually their first fight, you know, when they're on mm-hmm. the top of the thing. Yep. And it's raining. They have their little chit-chat. Dante's kind of joking around, like, oh, what a you sure know how to throw a party. <laughs> and they all, and also this the grossest scene after you fight, and then you know, you get the cutscene where Virgil stabs him twice. Uh, you know, his power wakes up and you know he charges him and he kind of like grabs Yamato like he kind of shoves his hand through it to kind of stop him from stabbing him again and he, you know you see him like remove his hand from it by just kind of sliding it out and I always thought that was like super like like I would cringe at that every time yeah. I saw it and even rewatching it now with Ed's like you know it graphically is not aged like I mean it looks fine but you know his age and you're like oh this should be less disgusting now right because it just looks just more polygonal but it's like nope still kind of wincing at that like, eh, like yeah like i i mentioned with the dmc1 episode like the scene where he gets stabbed and he just kind of rises up through yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah you're like why
0: would he <laughs> like, do it like that like why not just maybe like pick it like pull it out <laughs> like dante yeah. like i don't know if he's into body horror or he just like mm. he finds the worst ways to get out of like
2: that's escape kink, from being impaled yeah.
0: by things like that was just another example of like why do you do this to
2: yourself the the thing about this and I'd like to just talk about this for just a second is I don't understand like how do you actually die in double may cry games because Dante just gets impaled like <laughs> multiple times throughout this game like his yeah. brother shoves his own sword through his chest mm-hmm. and literally 2 seconds later he's up and you can see his whole torso right And there's no wound. There's nothing. So you don't even like see it closing up. It's it's just like perfectly clean. Nothing. Like you said, he like takes his hand out of the side of the sword. Nothing. He gets like lady shoots him in the head. I was gonna bring that
0: up. Like she straight up shoots him right in the head.
2: Two times, and you know he gets all pissy about it, but it didn't doesn't like actually hurt him. And it's like, what do you have to? What do you? What do you have to do to kill this guy? Like, how does a player actually die in this game?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think we asked that in the first episode, right? Of like, do you think if you. Do you just have to like cut his head off? Do you think that'll do it?
2: I don't know. He seems pretty invulnerable at this it's
0: point. It, so it's the Wolverine question of like if you if you were to like if you were to cut his head off, would his healing factor grow a new head? Or I mean, well, he has the Adamantium skeletons, he probably couldn't really cut it off because he can't get through the spine, right? <laughs> or the neck. Um so yeah, I mean, I guess that's different from Dante, but who knows? I mean, we don't know how his his bones must be pretty hard too. I would imagine. Well,
2: yeah, and those bullet those bullets didn't leave any, you know, holes in his skull. They just like bounced off or something. So I don't know. Maybe it is like that.
0: Yeah, I would yeah. like. I mean, I don't want to see a game where Dante dies, but like I also want to know what can <laughs> kill
2: Dante. Like,
0: yeah, what does it? But take? he
2: must die. Dante That's true. <laughs> we
0: need the game where the, 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 the default difficulty is Dante must die mode. And then yeah. you get a cutscene of someone dipping him into lava <laughs> and saying <laughs> if he survives this is that. it. Yeah. Or, so, or if he just
2: dances in it. <laughs> so one of my favorite parts of this game, um, it's a very unique level in this game compared to the rest of the game, is immediately after the fight with Virgil, for some unapparent reason Dante decides to jump off the tower. After he's awakened to his Devil Trigger power, and he after just, we like, spend all runs... that work
0: climbing up it too,
2: yeah, and he just runs down the tower halfway, and then like launches himself out into midair, and then a giant demon space whale comes and eats him. As you do. And then the next level yeah. is just you inside the space whale, running through its organs and intestines. Ah, and... uh,
1: the the timeless <laughs> Pinocchio level.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was better than that Kingdom Hearts one level for sure. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, that's great.
2: Uh, yeah. Do you think he knew that was going to happen? But yeah, I don't really understand what he was trying to get at when he did that. I, I, he must have thought that that's what was going to happen, because otherwise, why would he do that? He just knew. It doesn't this. it? Doesn't it? Doesn't make sense for me. Like that's like the biggest <laughs> for me. Like the biggest plot hole in this whole thing is like, all right, I'm I've got my powers. I'm going to run down this tower and jump into the air, and then like <laughs> I'm going to get eaten by a whale. Okay, sure. Why not?
0: Yeah, you're you're Dante. You're not based on another classic literary tale. Mm -hmm. Not Jonah. I don't know where I was going there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This game goes some places and you'll eventually find out that Arkham is in it to like he's basically manipulating Virgil to open the demon world because he wants the power of Sparta for himself. And even though Virgil seemingly kills him because Virgil turns on him first, he survives this because demon magic mm. and it's like, aha, but it was I that was manipulating you. Also, Orkham spends like a decent chunk of the game masquerading as a, a clown, a jester,
2: jester, jester. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who's, like, who's I guess straight up his yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the, I, I was reading something where I think it was, it you saying that the idea of, you know, cause it's like a big reveal that they're the same character, right? Cause jester shows up and he's kind of like, guiding you along the way and being like a general nuisance to dante because he's like you know being all silly and you know when dante gets annoyed at your silliness then you know you're silly uh but like apparently they did that on purpose to go as hard as possible the opposite of like you know arkham's the serious like guy and you would have never guessed that he was the silly gesture just like slapping his butt and dante and dancing around so he's like aha we fooled you didn't we and I was like, I I mean, I guess, I guess he did. <laughs>
2: I I love the character of Jester in this game. I think he adds a lot of um kind of flavor and he is so silly and off the wall that um it kind of contrasts quite a bit with kind of the drab setting of the tower mm-hmm. when you confront him. Um and his fights are really fun too, because when you're beating him up, like blood doesn't come out of him. Um like confetti and like ticker tape. <laughs> Stuff like streams out of him when you're beating him up and you shoot your guns at him and he does like this like little hot foot dance, you know, when you're shooting at him, like
0: little juke and jazz.
2: Yeah. The weird thing is at the end of the game, because you fight him three times, twice as you're going up the tower. And then I think you fight him again, like in level 17 or something like that. But at that point, Arkham had already like ascended as like made himself known as the big bad and like gone on to absorb um the power of uh, Sparta. But then you end up fighting Jester again. I'm like, why, why are we doing this fight? Like, why is he showing up in this form again? This is, this is weird. This is, doesn't make a lot of sense. He just likes it okay yeah He just you know just side, side hustle <laughs> yeah
0: he's like i don't have a real reason for it at this point i just really like being a goofy clown this is the only time i get to do this <laughs> so
1: i i wonder how much of that stems from like Je- jester and arkham were supposed to be separate characters uh, right. to begin with so uh there's a point where I, I think they were gonna get rid of jester altogether but like there were crucial lines that he had like to the story and so they decided to just make them both the same character. Because otherwise it was going to be too complicated. If they were two different characters, which does not make sense. It seems I like mean. that'd be the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> like, says, explain why these two are the same people. This says Jester was originally <laughs> going to be Arkham's subordinate, but that option wound up being too complicated gameplay wise. How? I'm trying to Yeah. Think of, like, uh, were they going to have them show up together in one fight? <laughs> uh yeah. It's all right, so it says uh after much deliberation, someone proposed making the two characters into one, and Arkham was modified into a character capable of putting on such a performance. Without that change, Arkham would have been a fairly boring bad guy by making him jester, we got to enjoy ladies line, Father, why would you do such a thing even more? Uh yeah. That that is a we all dread the
0: day when we discover our fathers are closet jesters that go around antagonizing half demon warriors it's
1: a very specific thing yeah it's a very it's a a
0: conversation we all have to have one day with our dads (laughs) but
1: dad are you a clown
2: (laughs) yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty stark contrast for arkham's like very laced up character and it's interesting there's even one scene like halfway through the game when he's kind of like revealed that he's the big bad after all where he's going back and forth between, like, from, like, all the all the characters in the same room. Right. And all the, mm. like, Lady, Virgil, Dante, they're all kind of, like, laid out. And Arkham's, like, literally going from character to character in a different form. Like, over here, he's Arkham. Over here, he's Jester. And it's, like, every time it changes scenes, he's, like, a different character talking. He's trying to hammer it's, home it's, to the player, weird. like,
0: yes, they're the same.
2: Yeah, it's it's really weird but kind of cool also that he's able to like switch back and forth between his personas so freely what a great actor you know who would have thought
0: two-face and the joker could be the same person
2: oh my Uh, gosh he is so the joker from the uh batman arc uh animated series that that's he's basically just almost doing a mark hamill and joker impression in this game
0: pretty close (laughs) uh so yeah you know arkham eventually gets sparta's power um You know, on the way, Lady and Dante kind of established their their bond of trust with each other. once they kind of figure out, you know, that they have shame intentions. And at this point, Dante, who had spent the first portion of this game, not really caring about the fate of the world, just kind of going after Virgil almost like instinctively of like, yeah, he's here. So we got to fight. It's just how our relationship works. I don't really care what he's actually doing. I just want to fight him. uh and you know once he gets getting stabbed and awakened he's like oh yeah i should probably maybe stop this guy from unleashing demons on earth uh and you know eventually they both make their way to uh transformed arkham who becomes this weird sort of like blob thing <laughs> like this like yeah, demonic amoeba
2: <laughs> it reminds me of the um uh in spirited away there's that scene where um uh, the one character like goes out of control and he becomes oh, that yeah. giant, like mouth blob that like sort of chases the main character The giant
1: like elk god thing when they cut off its head
2: oh that's uh did i say princess mononoke yeah I... well you said spirit oh away. i oh, meant oh you meant said spirit, spirit away spirited away yeah Sorry. we're, we're missing our, our miyazaki movies here anyway. out, i was gonna bring anyway. up uh
0: Kiki's delivery service the the one part with uh
2: you know. Oh yeah, with all the with that the part where um, with all the, the, uh, the weird the original... attack eels come and you yeah. know like attack yeah oh yeah just, that one yeah happened. just
0: just like the Arkham fight <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, we also get my my second favorite scene in this game, which is Dante and Virgil teaming up to fight this guy. Uh, you know, putting aside their differences to take down a, a mutual threat. I think the banter they kind of have here is pretty fun. Uh, you know, they also established it I guess Jackpot is a thing they both used to say because that was Dante's kind of like <laughs> catchphrase in the first game. I don't even know if he I can't remember if he ever even says it in the second game, which would just be another strike against it <laughs> much
1: yeah <laughs> um,
0: jackpot. You know, it's like a little thing, but you know just the scene was like, "Hey, you remember what we used to say as kids, <laughs> and they're kind of like oh this is like a childhood thing, and it's also not just Dante's thing, I guess Virgil used to say it too, which is kind of weird but fun to think about, uh and then also the scene where they use each other's swords. Again, like they throw the sword yeah, through oh, the cool. thing, and that it was actually, cool. Again, it's like I don't know how you guys knew that that would work like that, but you just roll with it. <laughs> um, yeah. again, if that's what you're questioning, as opposed to everything else, then it's like, eh, I guess it's not a big deal.
2: But yeah. and then, the end of the the end of the game has my favorite line in the whole thing, where just before the the Arkham fight starts, um, and before Arkham transforms, he is in the 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 visage of sparta he kind of takes on sparta's form Mm. and dante you know meets up with him and he's like what do you think of the visage of your father at full power and dante says oh looks like i'm staring into a backed up toilet (laughs) (laughs) which is such a
0: (laughs) it's such a good insult for how specific it
2: is (laughs)
0: Oh uh, Dante, in this line, in this game, has some good lines. Like when he's antagonizing servers, but it's like, oh, you know, never met a talking mutt before. I bet you win first place at the
2: dog show. Like just
1: <laughs> stupid crap like that.
2: <laughs> and, but Come on, it's, puppy, I'll take you for a walk.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the scoring of the dog show.
0: <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> I mean, if a dog started talking, I mean, I, you yeah. just get instant first place, right? Even if it has nothing but to how's do with coat, guns. how's it trot? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, what always makes those interactions fun with Dante is like it, everything he's saying is like lame, but he makes it cool. But also, what the fact that the demons react to it so much, of like, what the, how, how dare you, you know, <laughs> like a lowly human, how could you say this to me? Like, they get so mad. And that's what makes it funny is that none mm-hmm. of them are just like, that was lame. They're just like, oh, I, this is the worst thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> mm. And it's, I love that. I hope they never get away from that. I want all demons to actually be incredibly sensitive <laughs> to an insult. Because <laughs> that's what makes it fun. But yeah, you know, Dante and Virgil, they beat Arkham.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and then Virgil stays behind because, you know, they're in technically the demon world when this is going on. And you know, Dante and Virgil keep their half of the amulet. Dante escapes. Virgil falls into the abyss, presumably to get uh Turned into Nello Angelo at a certain point, you know, between here and Devil May Cry One. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, Dante and Lady, they become friends slash partners, or business partners, I should say. Uh, and Dante finally names a shop, Devil May Cry. Briefly known as Devil Never Cry, or whatever it was called in the first game. Uh, and then we get a post-credit scene where we see Virgil uh in the demon world and he's kind of getting ready to fight Mundus. And you know, if you play the special edition, there's like some extra scenes, uh, mainly in the prologue, kind of setting up stuff with Virgil, uh, which isn't anything super big. It's kind of just seeing like, you know, him kind of getting his plan together before it actually starts. Uh, but yeah, I like this game. This is probably, uh, I mean, not this game, but the story. It's probably my, I was gonna say, this is my second favorite Devil May Cry story. I remember really digging it at the time, even because of how silly and nonsensical a lot of it is, but it's like really fun. And also, I really love the dynamic of Dante and Virgil because it's the first game we got to have that. And I think they did a good job of establishing Virgil and like how different they are. And I mean, you know, like I said, Virgil became really popular because of this game. And I feel like every well, maybe not every game, but it made me want to see him show up in every Devil May Cry game going forward to get more of that. Because again, he still feels like. He is underdeveloped or I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but you sure. know what I mean? Like it feels he's... like we I'm left wanting more of him every time he shows up.
1: Yeah, he's kind of the shonen rival now. Like he is the Vegeta to Goku, he's uh the Sasuke to Naruto. Um that like he is the slightly cooler uh aspirational like uh, uh character that like you wish that the main character was at times, Um, but it also like drives that main character to be better at what they are, what they are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's it, like the only character that can actually give Dante a run for his money, like in a fight. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> that can stand up to him, I guess. Uh Yeah. So I, I hope, you know, like hearing those comments from like over a decade ago about, it's, you know, being interested in doing like a a Virgil game or even a lady game, which I was that
1: made me raise an eyebrow of like, oh, what would that be like?
2: She Um, playable
1: and she's playable in four special edition, right? I think
2: I think in the special edition of four, yeah, you can play as lady and or Trish.
0: Yeah. And I feel like we haven't talked about lady that much. I just want to say Mm -hmm. real quick that I I like her. You know, she's I I like, I think, you know, I want to. you could say like she's just like, the the trish replacement neutral like old trish. yeah like they kind of almost gave her like dante to james bond treatment of like oh he's gonna get like a new lady friend every game mm-hmm. and we never talk about the previous one literally uh, this time yeah <laughs> which, <laughs> uh which they didn't because you know lady has come back and we like if you play double may cry five both of them are there uh so but, but there is I, a
1: new there is a new person in that isn't there like who isn't she the one who drives the the bus around or the, the she's van? more
0: of like with Nero than, okay. I mean yeah, yeah she is with Don but she's more with Nero so it's kind of like more his friend I guess uh you know so I don't know if that counts exactly like she doesn't have like the I guess the close relationship that Trish and Lady have with Dante at least as far mm. as I can remember from that game um but yeah I I I like Lady. Do you guys have any like really strong opinions on Lady either, way?
1: Uh I, I I don't personally. <laughs> I never, really, I never really made it that far into the game. So
0: right, and this is the game that she's the biggest deal in. Right, the other one, she's just prominent. kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah.
2: I like Lady a lot. I I wonder how like she got so skilled, honestly, because she's pulling off moves that are on par or maybe even more complicated than Dante is. And then you have to fight her at one point in the game. And she is just this damaged sponge. And I'm like, why is she able to like tank so many stingers? And, you know, like you shoot her <laughs> a bunch of times. It's 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 bizarre. I is guess she, I, I'm overthinking it a little is she, bit. that's girl outfit is
0: durable. Yeah,
2: she's she is. um a descendant of the priestess that Sparta sacrificed to seal the demon world away. So maybe that has something to do with it. How convenient. I don't know, but uh, we can, we can say that that's the reason I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you watch your, your dad sacrifices, your mom, to get demon powers. That really, you get a thick skin. I'll do it. You know, it's hard. It's hard to hurt you when you witness that literally and figure. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to chalk it up to that as well as bulletproof white top thing that she wears yeah <clears throat> she has
2: a giant rocket launcher so she's okay in my book
0: i mean she does carry that around yeah. and that's got to make you strong <laughs> right because she's like climbing stairs and stuff with that thing it's got to be like wearing a turtle shell and dragon ball like it just you know when yeah. she takes it off she's like flipping around doing all kinds of cool a constant stuff. workout <laughs> exactly <laughs> that thing is not not small Uh, So yeah, like we mentioned before, this game came out uh, March 1st, 2005 in the Mm -hmm. States. Uh, Critically acclaimed. We gave it a 9 out of 10 at GI. Right now it sits at an 84 in Metacritic with the special edition sitting at an 87. Uh, It would get ported a bunch of times, you know, outside of the special edition. It would come to PC in 2006. Uh, We got the HD collection with all three games Mm -hmm. in 2012. Uh, It came to PlayStation 4 and Xbox in 2018. And like we mentioned before, uh, Switch, which added the you know style changes in 2020, so no shortage of ways to play Devil May <laughs> Cry 3. If you never touched it, you know we would recommend probably playing the HD version of the Special Edition if you're going to do it. And it's a fun time. You know we mentioned one of the best action games of all time. I think where Devil May Cry kind of created the stylized action genre. I think Devil May Cry 3 perfected it at least at its time kind of my relation between the two games or when people ask me which one is better that's kind of how i always frame it uh and yeah i i think still still the high mark for the series which says a lot because all the games are good sans 2 but i think this might still be at the top of the mountain where do you stand on it uh wes it's
2: still my favorite i i well, we'll see how six is when it comes out. Um, but yeah. I, which has not been announced by the way, <laughs> I, 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 I still love it the best. I think the character interaction, like this, has the most character interaction between any of the core characters, like together, in any of the games. And I think that that really makes the narrative a lot stronger than a lot of the other games mm-hmm. um, in the series that I played. And um, you know, just the fact that it, that it was so innovative, um, and that it really kind of brought the series back to kind of its uh, proper form it makes it stand kind of a little bit taller than the rest of the series for me personally.
0: Yeah. Kind of prove that DMC one wasn't a fluke or a one hit wonder or that exactly. So that's important. And John, you mentioned that one day you'll go back and
1: one one day I, I have the steam deck now and I just installed Ooh. five on it while we were recording this. So maybe Ooh. I'll throw a three on there too. And uh I will put these to the test, but like right now, from the games that I've played, I probably like one the most. Okay. Between yeah, uh, between one, three, or sorry, one, two, four, and I guess DMC, I still kind of like one the most out of. But yeah, you know the the beauty of this question is that there's
0: no wrong answer unless you choose to. That's
1: that's true. That's very true. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hard agree
1: <laughs> it is left off the list it is it is f tier by default
0: mm. but yeah that wraps up this episode of video gamography thank you so mm. much for listening everyone and thank you wes for joining us it was yeah, awesome having you. you on and you know bringing us your your expertise on devil may cry 3 and you know we, we plugged the show earlier, but is there anything else you want to plug or uh, any future episodes or projects that you're working on?
2: Um, Yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, we come out with a, a new episode every other week. Um, we also do like quarterly game clubs. So if you're interested in, you know, playing something with us and then like jumping in and doing a, a video gameography style discussion, we do like a big group chat on our discord um and you can find a link to that um on our twitter page uh which is at great game deb eight at Grame, at great game deb eight <laughs> what, so you can you can find us there what's your most
1: recent uh game club discussion
2: um the last one that we did was um Oh Lord, I'm having a, a uh. I remember you did. It, it was uh chicory. We I was did gonna chicory. say it was oh, a yeah, chicory. that's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did a, a chicory game club, and we haven't decided on the next one. Um, it, probably something maybe like in October, coming up, and maybe something a little bit more high profile. Um, actually, I have my eye on um Plague Tale Requiem, so maybe we'll Ooh. go that direction. No promises, but I love Plague Tale, so i would love too. to do a chat on
0: that yeah that game's good i'm super pumped for that sequel so yeah that'd be you know if you do it that'd be a fun one uh yeah make sure to follow great game debate guys like you mentioned before awesome podcast give it you know show it some love and as for the rest of us if you want to find us on social media i am on twitter at marcus stewart seven which is
1: the number seven yep uh i'm on twitter at john underscore carson
2: then uh, Wes, uh, where can people find you personally on Twitter if you'd like to share? You can't find me on Twitter anymore because I actually left the platform. But um, you can Sweet. always reach out to us.
0: Hello, this is Marcus Stewart reaching out from Beyond the Grave. Uh, Wes's mic cut out at this point, and I just want to fill in his social details. As he mentioned, he himself is not on Twitter, but he did want people to reach out to the Great Game Debate Twitter page, which is at Great Game D E B the number eight so at great game deb the number eight debate there you go okay bye-bye all righty well next week we are talking about devil may cry Four, an interesting entry in the series a good game it's got some problems i feel like it's maybe the least talked about game in the series at least in my mind yeah uh so i don't know we'll find out if that's like if that's just me (laughs) or if it's uh you know something that's more of a shared opinion but a game that i still enjoy but yeah i'm looking forward to talking about that because i don't think i i really don't get to talk about dmc 4 in any real way with anyone
1: (laughs) so every every entry in this series has like that's that's the this one uh like oh like two that's the black sheep but like four is very much like that was the how do you follow up three like it it is kind of the middle child and kind of gets forgotten
0: in the first game on a new generation of hardware too
1: first multi-platform
0: game that's right same thing and a new character Mm -hmm. new protagonist so a lot of first with dmc4 They, they they tried some stuff uh so yeah we'll unpack all of that and more next week until then thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time